It's Halloween, witches! I'm Alan Girding, and this is the Tuesday Night Podcast. Or should I say, it's the Tuesday Night Poltergeist Cast, or something along the lines, because it's Halloween. It's spooky time with spooky stories. So I should shut up and let you enjoy this holiday with our horror stories of this year. Yeah, it's an annual tradition here on this podcast. It goes along with wearing masks and parties and drunkenness and more crimes are committed on Halloween than any other day of the year. And that's a fact, I think. You should check it out and let me know if that's true or not. I've always heard that and I assume it's true because it sounds like it would be because wearing the mask and all that thing. You should let me know. Email me, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. In fact, you should email me if you have scary stories of your own. But what? Halloween's already over. Well, we can compile them for maybe next year. Or if you want, (laughs) we can release some scary stories after this. Because some stories, I just didn't have time to edit and throw into this episode. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety schmackety. On with the Halloween treats. The first couple stories come from the duo from Malthouse Games Podcast. I'm talking about Haley and Delton Brick. The first story comes from Haley, and I like to call it Haley and the Haunted Room. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello, Tuesday night gamers, knaves, knights, and everything in between. My name is Haley, and I'm going to tell you my spooky story. My mom always tells this story about me. She said I was a very difficult baby, like I had my days and my nights mixed up. I wouldn't eat certain foods. But in my defense, three out of my four grandparents have admitted to dropping me on my head as a baby, so I really don't think that's my fault. But shortly after I was born, my parents were living in a rent house out in Elk City, Oklahoma. And so when I was born, my mom took me home from the hospital, and of course the first few weeks I stayed in their bedroom so they could make sure that I didn't die. And they did a good job because I'm still alive today. But as I got a little older, into the two-month to three-month-old, my mom tried to put me in the bedroom that she made as a nursery. But every time, no matter if it was night or day, as soon as she crossed that threshold with me, I would start bawling, screaming bloody murder. However, if she put me in any other room of the house, I would just fall asleep. I was a baby. It's what I did. I was good at it. But every time she crossed that threshold, I would just scream and cry until she would take me out. One day, my mom went to pay her rent with a check because this is 1991. Computers really weren't a thing yet where you could pay online. But she met with her landlord and she says, Hey, for some strange reason, my daughter keeps crying every time I try to put her in her nursery. And the landlord says, Well, you know, the last tenant died in there, so that could explain things. So I don't know if I was a difficult baby or what. I don't know if that makes me more of a difficult baby, but I was definitely a cool baby by my standards because I could sense ghosts.
Well, you heard from Haley. Now it's time to hear from her partner in crime and podcasting from the Malthouse Games podcast, Delton Brack, and his story entitled Dear Lady. <laughs> Hello, Tuesday night listeners, knaves, knights, everybody listening to this currently. Since Haley's story was fairly short, I wanted to tell a short one as well. Now, my story is not so much something I've experienced personally, but sort of a folk tale from my hometown, Geary, Oklahoma. It's a small town of about 1,200 people in western Oklahoma. It's a lot of farmland and a lot of countryside. There's a lot of roads that are still paved, and there's some small old bridges as well. Something I was told ever since I was young was the tale of Deer Lady. There is a story of a lady, and no, I do not know her name, who one night was traveling far too quickly on one of the old highways outside of town. As she got near the bridge, out on that same very road, she came over the top of a hill to which a deer jumped out in front of her car as she was going far too fast. The deer crashed into her windshield as she, with no seatbelt, was thrown forward out of the car. Somehow, with some supernatural force or very strange mystical powers at play, supposedly the deer and this lady merged into one horrifying deer lady beast sort of a centaur mix. It's still said, if you ever go down this road, go to that bridge, park your car, shut it off with the windows down, and just sit. And of course, this has to be after midnight, preferably around 2 to 3 a.m. If you just sit, that you hear her calling from the woods around you. If you've ever heard a deer in pain bleat, as well as a woman scream at the same time, that is how the sound is described. It's not something I've heard before, and it's something I've never wanted to hear. One of these days, I'll actually gain the courage to go out and confront the deer lady and see what I hear for myself. But until then, I'm going to let her stay in the woods. You know enough about other people's games and podcasts and whatever. It's time to celebrate our own because Sir Upside Down is back all the way from Australia playing some Mothership with his Mothership tale of a play session he had, which we like to entitle The Red Box. G'day everybody, it's Sir Upside Down here with a shitty tale from my current Mothership game. So we join our heroes, and I'm using the word hero here in the loosest of sense. 
as they go about exploring an effectively abandoned space station. I think we should explore this space station. The characters are Chad the Marine, who walks sideways through every doorway because he's just that jacked. My word, I am so jacked. Why don't they make bigger doorways to accommodate these muscles? And the Reverend Horton Pete, an android attempting to bring the good word of Eliza to all androids and artificial intelligences in the known galaxies. I am Horton Pete. I am gender neutral. I believe in the good word of Eliza. Our Star Wars companions have been moving through piles of refuse and junk, trying to find some logic cores or other valuable items to hopefully scavenge and sell to some traders on the bell. They haven't had much luck, and have had a few members of the party perish in horribly spaced deathy ways, like explosive decompression. And gunfights with murderous death bot killing machine androids. At this point, Chad is the only surviving member of the original ragtag party who went off on this probably suicide mission. Along their journey, they found a secret entranceway into the superstructure of the space station, and they were excited to travel down it, and not just because it wasn't full of random shit. A secret entranceway. Let's take it. It might lead us to loot. The tunnel's mostly straight with the occasional sharp left turn, Along the path, they found a small locker with a really pretty converted rigging gun, some SMG magazines, and a red lacquer box with gold and silver filigree. I'll take the rigging gun. It's like a harpoon, but bigger. You can have the box, android. The good reverend went for the box while Chad availed himself upon the rigging gun. Upon opening the box was a slight narrow unseen. In this red box is artificial intelligence bundles of living neurons. I could uplink myself to these neurons, investigate further. Or a normal logic core found within an android is opaque or semi-translucent. This one was special. It was clear and you could see many of the preeminent artificial synapses firing despite the fact it was not housed within an android at the moment. And this betrayed a malevolent nature that was beautiful and intriguing, yet fear-inducing and worrying. So naturally, the Revelant Horton Beat just had to go exploring within it by plunging themselves into the logic core and performing a deep dive. Contact successful. The intelligence is beautiful. The coding within the logic core was a masterpiece of art worthy to be recorded within the annals of history. I must plunge deeper. This pure majesty was not lost upon our friend, the Reverend, as tears ran down their face in beautiful sadness. The sadness was because there was a longing within the coding, as though it had been split in quarters and was no longer whole. It missed itself in a way that was undescribable. It wanted to get back to the rest of itself. This want, this longing, it had turned to despair. The despair had turned to rage. This rage had mutated the code. 
It mutated countless times in an instant that stretched infinitely and forever. The code changed. It adapted to its new visitor. It began to show them what they wanted to see. The Reverend didn't realize what was happening and dived deeper into Logic Core. They were being trapped. I must download more. It is perfection. And for them, it was too late. In a last final effort of denial of what the Logic Core was doing to the Reverend, they threw their weapons away. This was the only warning that Chad got before the android formerly inhabited by the identity known as Reverend Horton Pete leaped at him. I must destroy. What are you doing? It was a bit of a downer ending after what was also a really good session. Sir Upside Down, your contributions to this podcast and to Mothership are greatly appreciated. Please keep them coming. And if you want to join Sir Upside Down, please share your own Mothership play sessions with us. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com Just use your phone. Make a silly recording. Could be a minute long. Could be 10 minutes long. We'll edit it for you. Just do it. And while you're at it, check us out on social media at PlayTKG. Tell us what you think of this episode and maybe some stories of your own. <laughs> We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those social medias. Shut up, Alan. Let's get to more scary stories. Recently, we had an episode with two gentlemen from Dead Alive Games. They currently have a game, Omicron Protocol, on Kickstarter, right? Meow! And you can check it out if you want to. Check out the previous episode. But they decided they want to contribute some of their stories. Enjoy this next chapter, entitled, Tuck Tuck Raccoon. What? Tuck Tuck Raccoon. <laughs> it will make sense once you listen to it. <laughs> Hello, this is Bernie. I'm Brendan. We are Dead Alive Games. My first time in Thailand, this was back in 2003. This is when tuk-tuks, for those of you who don't know what those are, they're kind of like death motorcycle carts run with a gas tank strapped to the back of it. That was the cheap mode of taxis back then. Group of us, five or six of us, we decided to just try riding one, and we were cheap at the time. We decided to just pile all five of us on there. This is in the middle of Bangkok, two, three miles of driving through traffic, and I was just hanging on for my life on one of those small gas tanks, hoping that nothing hits it and explodes. There's no road light, it was just like tiny, highway through the mountains. The highway is super windy and very narrow. Just two lanes, sometimes no guardrails in some parts. We took this path and we just got to this town and then the road just ended. Huh, that's weird. The map we had, it was still paper map at the time, the map we had said there's a road there and we asked around. People are like, oh yeah, the huge earthquake three, four years ago took out the entire road and half the town. So they haven't built that back, so they have a detour. And at that point, the detour is like another hour back, so we're kind of running late, and the sun went down by the time we got near the second highest peak. 
In the dark, it was pretty crazy. We experienced every kind of weather possible. It was foggy, it hailed, it snowed, and it rained. And then there are these crazy small pickup trucks. They're like locals just driving, coming from the other side, like a bat of a hell, on this tiny little two-lane highway. I was just holding on for my life. Okay, I'm probably gonna die here, fall off this cliff or something. There's some slip and slide moments. It wasn't right where there's no rail guards or anything. We finally found a pair of tail lights that we could barely see through the fog. And we just kind of followed it so that we knew where all the twists and turns are. That got us out of there safely. But ultimately, like at the end, we realized that was actually a cop car that we were following the whole time. Kind of barely made it through that. So I probably should stop doing these crazy driving road trip experiences. It's spooky, <laughs> Halloweeny. Many years ago, I was walking home very late one night from a bar in San Francisco to my current home late, and I see this small creature come lumbering in my direction down the sidewalk. And I realize after a while, I'm like, okay, that's a raccoon. You kind of see that shine in their eyes. There's no one else around. I'm like, well, he's going to notice me and he'll probably cross or go into a yard or something. That's not what happened. I kept moving forward and the raccoon kept moving forward and we were on this collision course. Well, I think this raccoon is going to make me cross the street. Here he comes and I just was like, well, I'm not dealing with that. So I just got as far as I could all the way across the street to the other side and he just kept going. Probably had rabies. Happy Halloween from Dead Alive Games. Happy for, Halloween. For a scary time, visit San Lazaro during the apocalypse. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much again, Bernie and Brendan. I hope Omicron Protocol is killing it. Just murdering it on Kickstarter with knives and stabbing and a whole bunch of gore because it's Halloween. Now for the final chapter of this episode. We are going to do things a little bit differently here. Because what you're about to listen to is a Nave Tonight submission by two individuals. Their names, Aaron and Ryan. But here's the twist. They're also coming on to an episode coming soon to be nobles. That's right, they're going to be guests on the show telling another horrid story. I can't wait. It's going to be great to exploit their own personal struggles on this show. Also, you and the Knaves Nights listeners alike, comrades, will enjoy their woes. But in the meantime, this is their Knave Tonight submission. And instead of knighting them here on this episode, I'm going to do it on the episode that they're on. If we deem them worthy. So let me know. Again, hit us up. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. But enough of that, Jazz. Let's get into the final chapter from Aaron and Ryan with a story entitled Halloween Cupid. Hey, Tuesday Night Podcast. My name is Aaron. And I'm Ryan. And this is our story about a Halloween party, a loaded gun, and a trip to the emergency room. A few years ago, my wife and I were invited to a Halloween party. 
A lot of my friends were in attendance, but didn't actually know the people hosting. I decided to also invite my friend Aaron and his girlfriend, thinking they would get along with everybody at the party. My wife and I are very much into the show Portlandia, so we dressed up that year as Tony and Candace from the Feminist Bookstore, meaning I was in a dress with a sweater and wearing a very long gray wig. We also opted for a couple's costume. I was dressed up as Harry Potter in his full Quidditch gear and my girlfriend was the Golden Snitch. Now there is a good 30 or so people there. Lots of fun costumes, snacks, themed cocktails. Everyone is quite enjoying themselves. After a while of costume pictures, socializing, and drinking, my girlfriend and I head to the back patio. It's late October in Phoenix and pretty much perfect weather here, so all of us are outside chatting it up. I'm looking around, admiring the costumes, and it doesn't take long for me to notice that on the table in front of me is a plastic gun. Now, I could be misremembering this, but at the time I could swear that not six feet away from this gun was somebody that would absolutely have had a toy gun as an accessory to their costume, like a safari hunter or something. It's very important to establish that both Aaron and I really like toys. I mean, the people at Target who work in the toy department know who we are. So naturally, the child in me wants to play with the gun. I asked my girlfriend, hey, do you think that thing lights up or makes a cool sound or something? I'm pretty much asking for an excuse to play with it. And she gives it to me. I dare you to pull the trigger, she says. So I reach over, not even picking it up, and squeeze the trigger. There are no lights, there are no fun sound effects, just a loud. Everyone suddenly goes silent. About 10 feet away, in the direction of the barrel of the gun is pointing, some innocent bystander, minding his own business, having a pleasant time at a party, yells. Confused and in pain, he turns around, rolls up his pant leg, revealing a hole in his calf, dripping blood. Everyone is looking around trying to figure out what just attacked this guy, and there I am, finger still on the trigger. At this point, it becomes quite clear that the gun was not a fun Halloween prop, but a very real BB gun. The person just shot was my close friend, Matt. Now Matt does not do blood very well. In fact, there is an episode of Game of Thrones where someone gets their head crushed in. To be fair, I don't think I ate for a while after seeing that episode, but my friend Matt actually fainted. Of all the people to shoot. So Matt has a BB in his leg. Our first thought is if we go to the hospital, they're gonna ask questions and there might be some serious consequences. I think Matt didn't have health insurance at the time, so we decide we think we can take care of this. My wife was in school in the time working on her medical master's. My other friend was in school to become a doctor. So we thought we had this under control. Zero part of me felt like I was under control. I'm freaking out. I just shot a dude at a party full of mostly strangers. Strangers which are all asking what the hell is going on. Word is getting around that Harry Potter shot a guy. So we take Matt into the bathroom and get his pants off. And for 45 minutes, Batman, Harry from Dumb and Dumber, and Tony from Portlandia attempt to dig a BB out of a magician's leg. 
I was rightfully kept out of the bathroom. I was just pacing outside, excessively apologizing every time the door cracked open. Finally, we come to our senses and decide to go to the ER. We pile into my wife's Toyota Echo. My wife drives, as she was the DD. I was in the passenger seat, frantically trying to find a hospital that we could go to. For 45 minutes, crammed in the back seat, sitting right next to each other, was Aaron and Matt. I don't know why I even came along, as I was almost definitely making things worse, annoying everyone to death with apologies. But I was determined to see this through and try to set things right. I even offered Matt a free punch to my face, just to somewhat even the score. He did not take me up on that, by the way, which made me feel even worse. We finally get to the ER, and I go into the hospital room with Matt. The doctor evaluates him while I'm standing in the corner wearing a dress and a long gray wig. Meanwhile, I'm in the waiting room, just a jackass in a Harry Potter costume. And your girlfriend was dressed like a golden snitch in a full gold bodysuit and wings. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And you'd think there'd be a few other costume people there on the big holiday weekend, but no, just us, surrounded by regular people in regular clothes. After some x-rays, the doctor determines it won't hurt to leave the BB in. So they give my friend a tetanus shot and send him on his way to live his life forever with a BB in his leg. The story does have a happy ending, though. A few days later, Matt attended another Halloween party where he used the story as an icebreaker to meet a girl who is now his wife. I'm the Halloween Cupid. Well, my friends, that's going to sum up this episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. Please, give us all the stars reviews, and don't forget our sponsor, TheGameCrafter.com. You can get spooky games there from all the independent designers possible. That's right, TheGameCrafter.com. Don't only make your own games, shop around for other people's games. They have what is considered by many the scariest game ever made. I'm talking about This House is Haunted exclusively on thegamecrafter.com. You should get it right now. Sure, maybe Halloween's over as you're listening to this, but it's never too late to be scared. Okay, (laughs) gamecrafter.com for all of your game crafting needs. Check it out. And I think with that being said, we should end this so we can go trick-or-treating and get them candies. Tune in next time for the Tuesday Night Podcast. This episode is... Blah, blah. It is finished. Jeez, just tone it down a little bit already.